2: To the, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
3: Hey, good Thursday afternoon to you, everybody. Bob Getty, Kelly Santer, Luke Johnson, Dalton Esquire Stanford, all from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us for the Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour. This segment is sponsored by our good friends at Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics, and, of course, the Eagle Hour. You'll find Dickies around the state. Everywhere you hear the Eagle Hour in Mississippi, I'm pretty sure there's a, a Dickey's Barbecue Pit there. We encourage you to do business with them. You'll enjoy the food. It's always great. And don't forget, they'll cater any event, large or small. And as Kelly can testify, great combination of cream, spinach, and ice cream.
1: Unlimited soft serve ice cream to paying customers, of course. To paying customers, But but driving by Dickie's and and taking in the aroma. Aroma is wonderful. No charge
3: for that. Have you ever tested that thing about all-you-can-eat free ice cream with Dickie's?
1: (laughs) Uh, I, I haven't. Uh, because usually, like every other place I go to,
3: you know, they'll say, hey, haven't, haven't you had enough, Mr. Sander? You know, don't you have something else to do today? Well, we thank Dickies for their support of the Eagle Hour. And, again, wherever you're listening around the state, we hope that uh, you'll do business with Dickies. All right, our first guest, we're excited to have him on the show today. He was a great baseball player for the Golden Eagles from 2008 through 2011, a three thirty-two career batting average. A 428 on-base percentage, a slugging percentage of 484. These are career numbers. He was quite a great player for the Golden Eagles. Long uh, family history here in Hattiesburg, a big part of the Hattiesburg community. And and if you've been listening and watching the College World Series like I have, then you've been hearing this. That is the latest song written by our next guest, Adam Doliak, who is now making quite a name for himself in Nashville, Tennessee. We heard the song the other night on the World Series. We immediately went looking for Adam, and we found him, and we're glad he's on the Eagle Hour. And, Adam, thanks very much for your time.
4: Of course. How y'all
3: doing? Well, we're good, man, and we're really happy for you. I, I, there's, there's so many things to ask you. We're going to keep you for a little while if you've got some time. Now, obviously, we want to talk about your great baseball career here, but I want to go back to the song, uh, which is one of many songs now you've written uh, that appeared on the College World Series and continues to do so. How did that come about, Adam, and, and when did you first get approached uh, by ESPN uh, about putting your music on the uh, baseball broadcasts?
4: Well, uh, Kyle Peterson, who was also a great a great college player, had reached out to one of my old teammates, Colin Cargill, um, at USM, and so he kind of reached out and he got in touch with me through him. And um, you know, they were aware that I'd played in the College World Series back in 2009 with Southern Miss, and so kind of a unique opportunity to have somebody that has actually played in the in the World Series to be able to write the song for the World Series as well. So they called and and uh, asked me probably probably about three months ago if I would start working on that and see if I. Could see if i couldn't get something for them
3: that must have made you feel pretty good the first night that was on uh, national tv to hear that music
4: yeah it's pretty awesome you know i've actually wanted to do that um ever since i started music um to be able to write the song for them so it was really really cool getting them to reach out
3: so adam i'm reading uh i'm reading an article uh uh, that was written by Billboard magazine, which for people that may not know, really is sort of the the Bible of the music industry and the, and the radio industry and uh, really complimentary article about you and, uh, and what an impact you're making in Nashville. But one thing that really struck me is I, I was stunned by how many songs you have written. When did you start doing this? And uh, uh, what happened that uh, all of this started flowing through your head and you were able to write so much good music?
4: Well, you know, I've always been a, a big lover of music, and I guess I didn't start writing songs until um, my senior year of college. So it just kind of, I just kind of happened upon it, and um, started writing four or five songs. I actually, started writing songs with my teammates uh, at Southern Miss was the first songs I ever wrote. One was with Travis Graves. I remember it. Um, but you know, I started writing songs and I started playing shows and playing these songs at the shows, and everywhere I went, people seemed to really like them. And then I started getting invited to Nashville a good bit for. So for about a year and a half, I just drove back and forth in Nashville writing songs. And then I uh, was very fortunate. I got to sign a deal with Sony ATV Publishing in Nashville uh, a couple of years after moving there. And I've been writing songs with them ever since. And they, you know, they set me up with some of the best songwriters to ever do it.
1: Why not rock and roll, Adam? What, what, what was what, Were you always first and foremost a country guy?
4: Yeah, you know, I didn't grow up listening to country per se. Um, but I think the the storytelling of the writing in country music is is definitely my favorite thing about it. And kind of the only place that you can still do that in songs. Rock and roll is so much more musical than it is lyrical. Um, And, you know, the lyrics is is, is definitely my favorite part about writing songs.
1: But when you sit down and write something, like anybody could say, I'm going to write a book, that's pretty easy because it's a narrative. But to sit down and say you're going to write a song... I mean, the movie Rocket Man out now about, you know, chronicles the life of Elton John. Elton John wrote the, wrote the melodies. Bernie Taupin wrote the words. Do you right. Are you all encompassing? And it's not just sitting down and doing that. You had to have some type of musical background to be able to put pen to paper. Yes?
4: Well, you know, my, my dad played drums. Um, my older brother played drums. And I had a drum set when I was two. I've always been around music. But... I actually just picked up uh, my teammates' guitars in college and started noodling around, as far as that goes, and have taught myself since then. Um, but yeah, the, the writing process is, you know, I write every day that I'm not on the road. I write in Nashville, and it's normally me and one or two other people in the room. And I like to start, you know, some people start musically, some people, and some people start with ideas. I'm normally an idea person. I like to come up with an idea, a title. Um, and then kind of figure out how I want to go at the title. Pretty much the line before the title, is, is the setup line, is uh, what I like to start with. And then I take it from there and take it into some of my buddies or some of my favorite writers in Nashville. And we just kind of start from scratch and, you know, three or four hours go by and we have a
1: song. You know, now Adam Doliak, of course, not the only Hattiesburg native to have, have made his way in Nashville. Craig Wiseman, many of you have heard the name Craig we- Wiseman, who has written yeah. hit after hit in Nashville. And, and Craig Wiseman, a Hattiesburg native. Have you guys ever got to collaborate or even meet, Adam? Have you guys got to talk at all?
4: Uh, we have. I've met him several times, and uh, I've, I've hung with him several times over the last four or five years. We actually wrote our first song a few months ago, so it's the first time we've written together. Um, but yeah, Craig is Craig is, uh done very well to say the least. He can he can play, but he can play a three hour show of, of songs, and they're all going number one hits. You think they were cover songs? He's got so many. So um, it's it was a blast writing with him, and I'm hoping we get to do some more in the future.
1: What is it about a song when somebody says that's going to be a hit? Or that one 's going to be a stinker, what is it about a song that that ear that 's trained picks up on that de- makes that determination that it 's going to be a good one or maybe not so good
4: well you, you just kind of never know that's the the music is an interesting profession because nobody nobody went to school to learn what a hit song was you know we 're just basically all we all have opinions in higher places is what we kind of go off of in nashville and what I like to say to everybody is, you know, most people have a 9-to-5 job and they have a boss they answer to or, or whatnot, whatever, whatever world you may be in. But for us, um, you know, the fans are really our only boss. If the fans love it, then it's a hit. That's, that's kind of the only justification we need. So I write songs um, pretty, you know, I write probably 15 to 20 songs a month and then we're always out on the road playing songs. So I take them out on the road to these crowds and I'll, you know, throw in a new song one night or another one the next night and just watch the crowd, and I kind of watch uh, the reaction they give me, and if they seem to love it, then I'll, I'll keep playing it, keep playing it. And, uh, you know, if I don't get tired, I'll actually put
1: it out. You know, when, parents, when, when kids go to parents and say, I want to get into the music business, the first reaction is, oh, gosh, that, that is probably the most competitive industry in the world. So there's a lot of failure in music, but so, too, there's a lot of failure in baseball. Right. It's one of those things where you are a career, you know, over 300 hitters. So 70 percent of the time you were failing. Did the failure in baseball translate into music, learning to deal with failure at the baseball level you know, er- early in your music career?
3: Oh, I think we've lost the phone call. We'll Either look. that or I made him mad. No, I don't <laughs> think you made him mad. Let's see if we can pick him back up. Walter. Yeah, I don't,
1: to... I don't think you know, Bob, that I wrote. Yeah. I've written some country music songs. Yeah, what's that? Well, you've never heard some. Oh, I've got some great titles. Um, You're the reason our kids are ugly. That was my. That's the, that's the first one I wrote. Okay. Um, I can't get over you.
3: Uh, so
0: would you pick was up it phone? your uh, your hit your latest hit go home mr sander it was written by several restaurant owners go <laughs> yeah. home, Mr. yes <laughs> you ha- had enough that's Ooh, both they don't mean
1: all day <laughs> <laughs> that's right and i'm i'm working on one now and i think it's it's really i think it's really going to be a hit this one and it's it's got a great country music title it's called if you still think you're number one you're full of number two. That's All right,
3: we're going <laughs> to reconnect with Adam Doliak. We'll be right back.
2: Indescribable, pure, unstoppable thing that we got. Yeah, we tried every way to mess this up, but it's a The Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
3: Hey, welcome back, everybody. We uh, dropped the phone call. We're visiting with Adam Doliak, who I think is up in Nashville, and we've got Adam back on the phone. And uh, Adam, we're enjoying you. We're enjoying your latest song here. I'm sorry that we uh, we lost connection with you. Kelly had just asked you a question, Adam. We, we talk a lot about baseball on the show, and it, it's a unique sport. And that Coach Barry tells us all the time. You know, it's a, it's a game of failure. You learn to deal with failure. You're a great right. college baseball batter. I mean, my God, you hit 332 as a career. That's way up there, but still that means that almost seven out of ten times when you come to the plate, you know, you don't get success. That challenge of of overcoming the failure of college baseball, has that helped you to get into such a competitive industry as you're in now?
4: Um, I would say absolutely it did. You know, um, growing up, you know, you play sports and you're uh, trying out for these teams and everybody kind of tells you, you know, this is going to be hard. It's going to be hard to, to, be, a, to be a starter or whatever. And I've always just been the type that's like, no, I'll get it. I'll get it. Don't worry about it. And I'll get there faster than I was supposed to. And I would say that uh, Nashville and the music industry has been the first thing in my life that was, you know, as hard or harder than advertised. You know, when, when you move to Nashville, they say, they say, they call it a 10-year town. You know, they say it's going to be five years before anybody ever knows who you are. It's going to be 10 years before you ever make it. And, of course, you know, when I moved there, I was like, no, it's not going to take that long. But, you know, sure enough, I've been there, little oh, over six years now. And, and you know, it's, it's definitely been the hardest thing I've, I've, tried, I've tried to undertake. But um, I would say that, you know, the baseball, the, the failure aspect of baseball and, and how hard that is definitely helped in, in preparing the mentality to, to come up here and do this, you know.
3: All right, Luke Johnson's in. Laurel. look, I know you got a question or two for Adam.
0: Adam, uh, great! Uh, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate you uh, just spending some time uh, with us. I, I was texting Coach Barry. I told him uh, that you were coming on. He said, "Tell you hello," but we kind of joked. Uh, you know, you ever going to write a song about Southern Miss or Coach Barry or some of those some of those uh, goofy times you had in Hattiesburg?
4: Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I've and, and there's a guy named Jamison Rogers in town that I went to school with. His brother did you know my nickname? Back in the baseball days, was was Donkey. I think Coach Barry may have even started that. Everybody called yeah. him Donkey, and so he's you know he's been running around Nashville telling everybody that. So the name has actually spread all the way to Nashville now, which is which is kind of funny. But you know, it, it's I, I try to write baseball songs a good bit, and they it's really hard, it's harder than you would think to uh, to get it all in there. Um, you know that the old "Put Me in Coach" song is just kind of hard to beat for a baseball song. But I, right. I channel all that. I, I channel that stuff from time to time. You know, a lot of times you won't be able to tell listening to the song, but I definitely recall all that stuff when I'm when I'm writing songs all the time.
0: Take us back uh, the 2009. Uh, I think in some people's minds, uh, they forget it was in the bottom of the eighth that Florida you singled, and then you scored the eventual winning run that sent the Golden Eagles to Omaha. That moment. Plus, uh, you know, hitting that double against te- Texas at Rosenblatt. I mean, what was where does that rank uh, in your life, and how exciting was that?
4: Well, it was, you know, at that point, probably the most exciting moment of my life. It was something that I'll never forget, and it's really, you know, a lot of things fade, but the feeling of it, I would say, never, never really does or never will. I, I would say there's still. There's a there's a video clip from ESPN of that double against Texas. And, you know, when I even when I watch it now, you know, it's been ten years and I still get chills just watching it once. So it's it's, it's really cool. And another thing is I'll never forget walking into uh, Rosenblatt for opening ceremonies with you know thirty thousand people streaming at you and fireworks going off and everything, and it was just it was like something I'd never seen before. And you know, it, it's just it's a it's, a, it's really. Undescribable that that kind of feeling, but I would say that feeling is kind of what what led me into this music world. And you know, walking into walking into these these big shows with you know five, ten, fifteen thousand people in them is, is right. a very familiar feeling and kind of the same thing, just with a guitar in your hand instead of a baseball bat. You know.
0: Yeah, we uh, we we see you're going to be in Columbia tonight, Myrtle Beach uh, tomorrow night. Uh, the grind of the road of uh, baseball season uh, prepare you for the grind of the road of of concert life and show show life. Is there a difference? Uh, is one harder than the other?
4: Um, yeah, I, I would say the music. Um, you know, with baseball, you have a team and you have um a lot of things going on where you have a lot of people doing a lot of different things. And music is a lot of the same thing on the road, except uh, you know. A lot of times you're the one driving instead of the bus driver, and you know, there's, a, there's a lot of, you know, being the being the front guy and the lead singer and stuff, there's a lot more things that are just fo- solely focused on me, and more things to do, so I would say the grind of it is definitely a little more on the music side than the baseball side, but, um, you know, it definitely gets you ready for that, that type of lifestyle, and I would say that you just have to, you have to really love it. I, I and if would... You don't, it, it,
1: I would venture to say now, though, you're eating more than peanut butter and jelly sandwiches when you're on the road. Like
4: <laughs> That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> Corky Corky Palmer's not out here punishing me if I don't do well. <laughs> yeah.
3: Hey, Adam, we can't let you go without it. Have you got a good Corky story you can share with us? We just uh, never get tired of hearing them.
4: Well, he was. Uh, there's a couple. There's a couple good ones. Obviously, my favorite one is the year we went to Omaha. I mean, he was. I was there for five years. I redshirted my first year, and then you know the the year we went to two thousand nine was by far our worst regular season. Um, you know we were seventeen and eighteen midway through the year, and that's when he re- announced his retirement. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then you know after he announced his retirement, we just decided not to ever lose again, and we went to the World Series, which is <laughs> it should it should be made into a movie one day, I think. Yeah. Um, but man, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good cookie stories. I think one of my favorites was. Uh, uh jimmy ray ballinger you remember jimmy ray ballinger
3: the name yes yes
4: he was a pitcher when i was there and he was up there uh we were all out in left field after we just i think we just got swept by somebody we were we were were in a lot of trouble and uh went around and he pretty much dogged every single person in the huddle and then he pulled he pulled jimmy ray ballinger out and said you see jimmy ray ballinger he said, If I need if I needed him to, he'd go climb that light pole right now for me, it wouldn't he, Jimmy Ray? <laughs> <laughs> and he said I'm over I mean, we all, I mean, nobody laughs at the moment, but we've, we've told that story. A million times. <laughs> well,
1: there certainly seems to be a creative thread that runs through the, in the Doliak bloodline. Your cousin, Miles Doliak, is making movies. Uh, you know, yeah, you, yeah. You're singing. Your brother, David, you know, was like, as you mentioned, a, a, a drummer. Jennifer has done her share of acting gigs. I mean, creativity runs all up and down that line.
4: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Jennifer
3: Jennifer used to be—I'm uh, sure she still is—but she used to be a great singer when she was younger too. Yeah. All right, Adam. So, so what happens now? What, how do how do you continue when when you're off to such a, I think, great start from everything I read? When you're getting written up by Billboard and and you know they're they're, they're really really complimentary of you. How do you keep it going? What, what do you have to do in this industry you're in now to to maintain your momentum?
4: Well, you know, first and foremost, you just keep putting out keep putting out good music as best we can, and, and uh, we've gotten it. You know, I'm still independent as an artist, so we've gotten it pretty far um, as an independent, um, and we've kind of got it ready for a record label. So we're talking to record labels, and um, you know, hopefully, we'll find a good deal and sign a deal by the end of this by the end of this year. And then from there, um, you know, we've had a lot of success on Sirius XM radio right. and. Uh, you know, the next move would be getting a label and then going to terrestrial radio. And, uh, you know, once you're able to do that, your, your fan base really is a big bump in that, and it grows and it grows. And So hopefully that's going to be the next move, and, uh, you know, we'll stay very busy on the road and hopefully jump on a tour this fall and just keep making more fans uh, one day at a time.
1: Well, I've, I've heard people in your, in your business now, Adam, say that there, there reaches a point in the music business, though, where you are no longer your own boss, and you pretty much do what you're told to do. I would think that, in some respects, would be kind of tough to get used to when you're used to calling the shots yourself.
4: Yeah, I'm sure it will. And, you know, to this point now, I I am still my own boss, and that's cool. I I heard that, you know, I feel like once you sign to a record label, you obviously lose some some control and and, and what goes on and what you get to do and whatnot. But on the flip side of that, the the bigger you're able to grow uh, before you sign to a label as an independent artist, the more say that you'll have once you do sign your record deal, so um, it's kind of a give and take with a record label. You know, they're obviously putting a lot of money behind you and support, so obviously they get some creative control there. Um, but it'll definitely be, you know, it'll definitely be a change when that day comes when I'm not when I'm not my own boss and not calling the shot. But also, it'll be, you know, there's a lot of good that comes from that as well.
3: Billboard says uh, in their article that you're, you channel John Mayer in, in a lot of your music, and, and I was reading you're a big fan of his. Have you had an opportunity to meet him?
4: I've never met him before. He's definitely definitely on my bucket list, though.
3: Right.
0: Uh, well oh, we've got some connections, Adam. We'll try to set that. Yeah, up for you, trust okay? us out. I, I would sure love that. <laughs> we
3: have a lot of connections with John Mayer here on the Eagle Hour. All right. Do you, how much do you hear from your teammates now that uh, you're making such a big name for yourself?
4: Well, you know, I, I've got four or five or six that I've I've stayed in close in touch with uh, since school, but it's kind of uh, on a. On a city by city basis. If I'm in the area of any of them, you know, they've all spread out pretty good pretty right. good in our college. But anytime I'm in the same city as those guys, I always try to get them out to the show and they come out and it's good to see them for a minute. And then just recently, with uh, with the song being on the College World Series, I've pretty much heard from every single one of them since they've heard it on ESPN. So they've all been texting me, which has been cool.
3: Yeah. Well, Adam, man, we can't thank you enough for being on the show. When you're in Hattiesburg, If at all possible, we'd love to have you come to the studio and join us, man. You think that'd be possible?
4: I'd love to. I'll let you know next time I'm going to be there.
3: All right, Adam. Thanks so much for your time, man. Hey, keep up the good work. We're all proud of you. I will. Thanks so much. Adam Doliak, everybody, on the Eagle Hour.
2: southern miss to the top to the top you're tuned in to the eagle
1: hour
0: third segment on this thursday brought to you by fourth street bar and grill located on fourth street in hattiesburg mississippi 895 lunch with a drink go by and check them out we appreciate fourth street bar and grill proud sponsorship of the eagle hour Luke, Bob, Kelly, and the Esquire Dalton Standard Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Thank you so much, Adam Doliak, for joining us. Uh, guys, I, I, this may be one of the first times in the history of the Eagle Hour that we have had a guest where we played his music yeah. going in and out of segments. Right. Uh, right. Tremendous. And people forget of, of what he did. You know, he scored that, that winning run at Florida came in, was batted 1,000 in the College World Series, and then went on. It's, it really, the next year was when he when he broke out. But pretty amazing to have uh, somebody that uh, has, has made their way. That kind of success in baseball and now that kind of success in Nashville. Well,
3: Kelly makes a great observation about Adam Doliak. We're looking at his stats. You know, got really impressive college baseball stats. He's now writing hit music. His music is on the College World Series. Billboard magazine's writing him up. He's touring around the country. We're looking at the picture of the young man, and we've both come to the conclusion that not only is he doing well in music, he's doing really well with the ladies as well.
1: Socially, he's got yeah. he's doing well with the gigs, and probably, you know, he's, he'll be booked solid for, you I'm know. I'm
3: thinking Adam is not lonely on the run. <laughs> Good for him, you know. <laughs> Good for him is right.
1: <laughs> but, you know, that, that um. you, you talked about how he just made it. Uh-huh. But but as he mentioned, on six in years. The, it's six years. have been
3: working at it, man. Give him credit. He's working yeah, and, diligently
1: mean, at it. And a lesser person, maybe after three or four years. Would have walked said, home. Yeah, Would have come said, home. And look,
3: Adam Doliak, it, it's no secret, his family is very successful. They have a very successful business. Adam Doliak could have easily come back here and walked into the family business, I'm sure, and been very comfortable the rest of his life. He, so you really have to admire the kid's determination and... And fortitude to be up there fighting that battle, but the family support
0: we, too. We, yeah, I'm
3: sure his family's
0: we, big. Support we didn't ask though. him, but you you wonder if Tyler Graves or any of those guys joke with him about how they want some of uh, some of the income now since they were the inspiration for a lot you know because he, he really didn't place he, he talked about when he was a sophomore at southern miss that's when he started picking up the guitars of his roommates and just goofing right. off here or there right. and he really didn't start playing guitar till after he finished baseball right um I read somewhere else he was actually on a uh, had a full golf scholarship the delta and state. Uh, decided to play baseball right yeah. To
3: delta state and yeah. kelly knew a good bit about his his high school career but in reading the article, Kelly, he said he never really picked up baseball until the day of a game. The coach asked him if he'd be interested in getting on the team. And he went out and took some batting practice, hit a couple buckets of balls, caught a couple buckets of balls, and played that night.
1: Well, and that's because golf, coming up as a youngster, that's where he thought his bread and butter was going to be. he right. was on the golf course. But it just shows you how multi-talented people are just like that. You know they, they yeah. can pick up anything. Yeah. Uh, you'll see a baseball player on the golf course. You'll go, gosh, that guy can. He's a baseball player, but he hits a golf ball that far. It's called athleticism, right? Right. It's not necessarily a golfer or a baseball player. They're just athletic. Right. You know.
3: All right, guys. Speaking of another Golden Eagle, uh, J.C. Keys makes his debut professionally last night. He pitches an inning. Uh, and he's in, what, rookie league ball? He pitches an inning. He strikes out two. He gets the third out. Uh, he gives up no runs, no hits in an inning. So congratulations to J.C. Keats. I'll bet he threw a curveball or two. I'll bet he threw a couple. What do you think? <laughs> and, and you're saying that you saw his, his I, I, well, I guess we should say his brother, which he is, Matthew Guidry. You said he looked lost without J.C.
0: He did. He's
1: kind of like a lost pup. Like, where's, <laughs> where's J.C. at? <laughs> Yeah, I saw him last night. Those OG you know.
0: types stick together, man. They, they sure do. Yeah, yeah. is a
1: pretty good player in his own right. Yeah, you know? i say so. Yeah. He is.
0: Uh, this is news out of Birmingham today, and it the, kind of the far-reaching implications of it could impact Southern Miss later on. But UAB has signed a new 10-year deal with IMG College, Learfield, Learfield IMG College. That's what you hear John Cox going on and off air with. Uh Ten years, guys, seventeen million dollars, and they actually got a million dollar signing bonus for that. And I was trying to do some research; not sure exactly what the in and outs of Southern Miss are, but I mean that—that's pretty impressive uh, for UAB. Kelly, you actually said in the off and uh, while we were off air, pretty impressive for uh, a football program that shut its doors a couple years ago to get that kind of uh, contract uh, straight out of the gates like this.
1: I just wonder, you know, when. It's it's like they were they were cruising along, and then the president says, all right, we're going to shut it down." Well, then all of a sudden, everybody gets all up in arms, and and they are that's a call to action. Okay, when the football program shut down, and they were so mot- motivated as a fan base that they actually were able to rejuvenate the football program. And it seems that since that has happened, and of course, the job that that Bill Clark has done over there as, as the coach, it seems like a completely different organization now than than before you know they they shut it down so the uh the, the momentum shift there for UAB uh is certainly is certainly pretty powerful right now and you hope yeah you know you hope it's going to be that way for other teams in conference USA
0: Bob this is this is interesting so the actual contract, they'll receive about 17 million in guaranteed royalties over the life of the deal, which is 10 years. But they might possibly receive at least another 16 million under additional revenue sharing provisions. So you're looking at UAB possibly could have up to 33 million dollars coming in. I mean, that's not you know that's not Power Five money, but that is way more um, than what Conference USA schools are accustomed. Well, to Well, guys, making. explain
3: so, to me what is the huge draw about UAB. But why why is UAB so attractive?
1: No, that's why that's why I asked the question, because I'm not sure either. But now it's not necessarily a fair question because we're not from Birmingham. Right. Um, But, yeah, I don't know when when it was at death's door and actually flatlined. Right. uh, Thinking that UAB football had, had gone the way of the Buffalo. All right. And then all of a sudden, all this uproar about it being gone. And now it's rejuvenated and better than ever. Well, apparently so. You know, so yeah. I don't know what has happened, but good for them. And, again, I hope that the, that the waves that this sends out will be all-encompassing to other schools in, in Conference USA. But, but Learfield, they're the ones that had to make the deal. So they did some research right. somewhere along the right. way that made them feel like this was a good business Do we decision. have any
3: idea how that stacks up to other Conference USA teams that are associated with Learfield?
0: Luke? I can look at it and, it, yeah, I, I haven't, I don't have that in front of me right now. It's just, I, I think part of it is because Birmingham is, is a larger media market. Uh, that, that's got to play into some of it, but UAB does get lost there on the interstate in between Tuscaloosa and Auburn. Um, but I, I just think it, it here's the thing now. I mean, unless you're a Power Five school, uh, you know, like a Starkville, Oxford—that's been. Have you been able to be blessed in the cookie jar for you know five decades or six decades? Uh, what schools are looking? What I mean, what people are looking for are these media markets, and that's how that's how uh, Central Florida, all the old Conference USA teams that we used to drum. I mean, Fort Worth, Memphis, Greenville. Uh, Louisville, New Orleans, uh, Orlando, mm-hmm. yeah, New Orleans. All of those were able to move on. SMU, you know, with Dallas, simply because of the media market, and, and right. that's what people looked at.
3: Now UAB gets lost between Alabama and Auburn until their athletes are injured, and then they ship them right to UAB to get them all patched <laughs> to up. to the medical right. center. That's right. Right. <laughs> right. That's exactly. Then UAB becomes real James important injuries. to them. Yeah, real important. But them. but this but this is big
1: news in the sense that now there's a precedent that has been set. OK, so you don't you don't have to act like you're not worthy, you know. So when you go to renegotiate your deal, you say, look, we're in the same conference as UAB. All right. So right. if that's what they're getting, then by all rights, there's a precedent there. We ought to be able to get that same money if we're not getting that right. That's same right. Amount. Hmm. Well,
0: that's interesting. But I mean, for Hopefully. real, look at it. Look at it. Uh, so Florida Atlantic's and Boca Raton. OK, FIU uh, University Park. OK, so Rustin isn't a big media market. Uh, Huntington with Marshall isn't. Murfreesboro isn't. You got Nashville kind of right there. Charlotte is. Denton uh, with North Texas is in Dallas. Norfolk uh, is not that big. Houston obviously is with Rice, El Paso's not, San Antonio could possibly be one, Bowling Green's not. So you got half of the Conference USA teams, or maybe 60% of the Conference USA teams, that aren't in a bigger media market. So it would be interesting to see if, if another Conference USA team signs a big deal, to see if, if it's in a media market like that, or you know, if, if uh, UTEP gets money, you know, or, or Marshall gets money. Because I guarantee you, I've been there, there ain't nothing in Huntington, West
3: Virginia. Well, doesn't that tell you how fortunate the schools up north are? that decades ago they got in the Southeastern Conference and they're in these tiny little towns and just, I guess they've had to buy wheelbarrows just to funnel all the money into the athletic department.
1: And what Luke was saying a second ago about Houston being that market, you really have to put an asterisk there because the enrollment at Rice... It's very small. It, it's about what's William Carey University. Right. If if you include all the campuses of William Carey, William Carey has about as many students as Rice does. Right. So even though they're in Houston, and I know you find that hard to believe, but I mean you can you can look it up and see that Rice right. is a very, very small school. Right.
3: And until this until this very moment the people at Rice are going should have walked and should have put him on.
1: <laughs> we told you. I mean, we're Southern Miss people. and we're t- We tried to tell you. We don't, sure did. Don't let the kid hit, man. Oh, well, they're not, they're not going to tell us what really to do. They're Southern Miss people. <laughs>
3: okay, go ahead. Pitch to them. See what happens. You know? All right, we're back on the road tomorrow, guys. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. And uh, boy, Man, what a, what an interesting week! Though, you huh? talk about Adam Doliak's tour, the Eagle Hour? Yeah, Eagle Hours on tour too, Man, but like every Friday we're off. Said, to... I've not, not noticed the young women lined up like they are, undoubtedly outside the Adam Doliak
1: concert. No, but there's so. plenty of sixty year olds that are, yeah, that are yeah, hanging yeah, out. Yeah. You know,
0: guys. <laughs> so. Please go to commercial. We'll be Please back. go to commercial. <laughs>
2: to the top.
0: Gulfport Home Center brings you this fourth segment of the Eagle Hour, the largest inventory and best prices in South Mississippi on manufactured housing. Check them out on Highway 49. In Gulfport, Gulfport Home Center, more room for you, more room for your family. A couple of uh, uh, honors to mention, Southern Miss graduate and uh, former golf uh, standout Valentina Hopped has earned the CUSA Spring Spirit of Service recognition, Three nine GPA during her time at Southern Miss, from, all the way from Santiago, Chile, uh, was involved in a lot of stuff on campus and just this uh, season uh, finished uh, for the second time only in school history a a in the a top five finish for a woman's golfer. Congratulations to Valentina Hop. Great career and, and, uh, just, uh, a, a great, uh, job well done in extracurricular stuff as well. Important to note, uh, we talked a couple of, uh, weeks ago, guys, in the M- or last week in the MLB draft. Cody Milligan was taken in the ninth round by the Braves. Golden Eagles were looking to plug him behind the plate. Southern Miss has, uh, got another commitment from a catcher from Gordon State College in Georgia. Uh, Brian Davis. He's a five eleven backstop. Batted three fifty five this year, uh, with three home runs. So, uh, good to know, guys, that Coach Kaya had talked about. They were looking uh, for some catchers, and uh, with with Milligan uh, going pro, and so it looks like Brian Davis, uh, the newest Golden Eagle. And that's always good to know.
3: But Kelly and I are not impressed with that academic stuff because we visited with Samantha Pap this week. 4.0. In four years, right, Kelly?
1: Graduated, what, magna or something? Yeah,
3: won every award there was to win. We ran out of time just trying to read the summa awards. Ate up half a segment. Summa cum
1: laude?
0: It's cum laude, magna cum
1: laude, and summa cum laude. Okay, well, thank you for, for interjecting that, Dalton. Get back to your phone yeah, call. Get, don't, don't let us interrupt you, Dalton. We <laughs> yeah. wouldn't
3: want you to be focused on the show. George, they
1: graduated All right. summa yeah. cum laude. I graduated, thank you, Lottie. <laughs> Is like, Thank you, Lordy. I'm out. <laughs>
2: that's right. That's, that's what graduated. my father
3: thought I graduated. Thank God he's out. <laughs> yes.
0: Magna summa. All I'm, right. Get a job. Yeah. <laughs> get a job, Lordy. That's right. All right. Interesting story out of Major League Baseball Tampa Bay, who has one of the worst attendance uh, numbers in Major League Baseball, they're looking to, they're petitioning Major League Baseball because. Montreal hasn't had a team since the Expos and the Carpet Dome up there. Uh, Major League Baseball is getting a petition from Tampa Bay to basically have a two-city team. I don't know what they would call themselves. Kelly, you probably got some uh, creative insight on that. Early games of the season in Tampa Bay, in second half in in Montreal. Is is that even possible? That's pitiful. I can
1: see a Tampa St. Pete yeah. Type of deal. Yeah. But the Tampa Bay, Montreal,
3: or Tampa, Jacksonville, they're or so convenient.
1: Like they're so convenient next to each other. You know, Montreal and, oh, no. uh, and and Tampa, you know, there is precedent for it in the NBA. You know, there used to be the the Kansas City, Omaha Kings, which later became the Sacramento Kings, um, you know, so they Minneapolis-St. Paul you know, had the Lakers, you know, years ago before they went to L.A. But but again, those those are cities usually side by side or, or not.
3: I've never known a person in my life with more useless information inside their brain than and, you, Kelly.
1: And who would have known that it, on this date, you know, June whatever, 2019. It out. Yeah, we could, we could use it. Um, so hey, there, there is precedent. But but but
0: Kelly, if... if if you're a big free agent looking to sign a contract, you're not going to sign with the Montreal-Tampa Bay Rays because of Canada's tax rate. Kawhi Leonard's finding that out this year. And, you know?
1: and and look, how about a better idea? If the people of Tampa aren't supporting you, just
3: move your team to one city that will. Right. Right. No, I agree. I, I mean, agree. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a good friend that actually lives in that area that goes to Tampa games a lot, and uh, he sent me several pictures. Uh in, I mean, literally, there looks like there might be five or 600 people in this big, gigantic baseball stadium. So they're not drawing any attendance.
1: No. And then what will happen is if they threaten to leave, then everybody, you can't leave. Right. Well, why not? You're not coming to the games anyway. Right. You know? So right. again, there would be a lot of cities out there. Nashville, Orlando. Right. I can't believe Orlando doesn't have a pro, you know, as right. big as that city. Or Jacksonville.
3: That's it, a big city. Is becoming. And you wouldn't even have to move that far. Oh, they have an NFL team. Hey, You'd think they could have a baseball the, team.
0: I bet there were more people at the 2010 Beefo Brady's Bowl when Southern Miss played. The, which, by the way, is a weird name for a bowl. But anyway, uh, there's absolutely zero people at Tropicana Field. They've tried to uh, to build a new stadium for years and it's failed. So, yeah, Orlando, Jacksonville. Key, baseball needs to be in South Florida. There's there's no doubt about that.
3: Speaking of that, by the way, I was just notified on July the 3rd we're going to be doing the Eagle Hour from Columbia during their bicentennial. And the young man that you uh, tutored some in football, uh, Luke, the kid that's – Logan Cook. He's going to be on the show, I was told this morning. He's so, a,
0: some Jaguar in him, right? Yeah. Some Jacksonville Jaguar. I guess
3: he's from Columbia.
0: Is that right? He's, he's actually, he's actually from Darburn, which is outside of. Uh, what, Kokomo, which is outside of Columbia, if you want to. It, it, it's a really, really That's small community. They just a community. little more information actually, than we needed, Luke. Let's just say he's useless. Columbia. Useless. That, listen, when he got drafted, there was a bit, one of those big signs and it said, congratulations uh, Logan Cook, and I think one word in, in those three words was misspelled. So, South Mississippi. Yeah. Alright, real quick. Uh,
3: Solar Solutions in Laurel tomorrow. We're going to be there. We're looking forward to being there. A great place to go to get the windows in your car tinted and a lot of other good stuff that we're looking forward to talk to the good folks at Solar Solutions about tomorrow. And secondly, but most importantly, Esquire apparently solved his banking issues because now that the show is ending, he's actually getting off the telephone. Well, are we special? We're special. Now that that the the bumper music to close the show comes on, he's ready. He wraps up his banking business. Hey, $36 is a
0: lot of money for me.
3: There we go, yeah. Solar (laughs) Solutions tomorrow. Until then, everybody, Southern Miss to the top. To the top
2: i want to fly like a
0: a super talk mississippi yeah. media
2: production